What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What is up, H-Town and Astros fans everywhere? Welcome to episode 37 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, my partner, all rosy-cheeked and ready to be Blummer Claws, <laughs> Jeff Blum. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us. And give us a follow on Twitter, at Believe in Astros. You can find me, at Jeff Balky, Blummer's at Blummer27. Uh, send us your comments, questions, holiday traditions, where yeah. you found your Squishmallow for Christmas, because God knows that is the toy of the year. Have you seen these, Blummer? The Squishmallow? I have not. <sighs> yeah. What they're the like heck these, is a Squishmallow? It's like this stuffed animal that's like super squishy. I don't know how to describe it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but it is like the, it's the Teddy Ruxpin or the, I don't know, whatever whatever crazy toy of the year. And they have them everywhere. My wife has some, somehow acquired two of them, not by her own desire, but because they have pro- they've been provided. One, the dog took care of, and then the other one, <laughs> the other one is residing in the guest bedroom. Um, Blummer, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the hot stove keeps rolling, and ex-Astros yes. continue, to, continue to get paid a great deal of money. But uh, <laughs> other than that, it's been good. I've been able to host a couple of Astro lines, which has been nice. Talked to Ryan Stanek yesterday, and it was a lot of fun. Nice. So it's been good. Nice. How is, how is he? What is, what is his offseason like, and what's going on with him? Dude, it's crazy. You know, the Astros are in such a unique situation with these abbreviated off-seasons, so right. you kind of have to slam life into a really small amount of time. And totally. with the lockout, the the rain out in the World Series, he had, to, you know, he was in panic mode getting to his his wedding honeymoon, but in oh. the middle of his daughter taking a nap, he had the time to uh, do an interview with us. So he, he's incredibly gracious, and I can't ask him enough questions on how the heck he throws 100 miles an hour every single time he's out there. That's fascinating to me. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Some guys just have that, and yeah. it's just it's just unique. Um, I, I stopped by the Astros shop, team shop, yesterday. I was say, the um, lid's looking good, dude. You've always I know. Got look at hats. this cool suite. Yeah. I, found this, I found this lid there yesterday, and I was like, damn, that thing is cool. I wasn't there to buy anything for myself. I was doing a little holiday shopping. Um, but wouldn't but, that look uh, good on Jeff Balky? Oh, no. I was like, this would look real good on my head. And <laughs> and the funny thing is, my wife is like, I haven't found you anything for Christmas. Why didn't I get that hat? I'm like, listen, I don't know when the feeling of a good hat is going to hit me. Yeah. And true. when I was there and I saw it, I'm like, listen, I'm going to wear this on the podcast. I'm definitely wearing it to shoot hoops in today. Oh, I can't yeah. just wait around until Christmas to get a hat. <laughs> things, These things are important. Yeah. <laughs> critically. Believe it. Uh, and I got yeah right. And I got a couple of uh, I got a couple of nice little Christmas ornaments that I because my 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 tree was rather bereft of Astros gear. So yeah, and, and I found a few gifts. Team, not not that I'm pimping the team store or anything here. I mean honestly, you know I don't well, I don't I don't have a dog actually. in that race. I mean yeah, they're not no, they're I'm... not. They didn't give me the hat. <laughs> You know, so. <laughs> but I tell you, they do have some cool stuff. Yeah, they have very cool stuff. <laughs> All right, let's do. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about our sponsor. Basketball is back. Hey, 
Look, don't look now. Rockets look pretty good. Whooped up on uh, playing as a team, yeah, man. Right? Whooped up on Milwaukee the other night. Beat a man shortened uh, Phoenix team last night. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty good. Um, Bet online remains your number one source for all sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf, uh, baseball over under already being set for next year. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> you said it. Shortened off season, man. Um, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Blummer, let's talk about Carlos Correa because Shorea got what he wanted, which was a not just a lot of money. <laughs> but a lot of years, uh, 13 years, $350 million. That's $27 million a year until he turns 41 years old. Um, I mean, we've talked about it. It's these years that get me. The money is $27 million a year. seems pretty right in the neighborhood for, yeah. for Carlos Correa. That seems right. As crazy as $27 million a year sounds for any human being. Um, but it sounds right given the market. But 13 years? Like, is Carlos Correa going to be Carlos Correa at 38, 39, 40, 41 years old? I mean, my goodness. Dude, you know what? That's where the, I'm trying to unpack some of these years. You know, Trey Turner, 11 years. Uh, right. You know, they get these guys that get these massive contracts and the extended amount of time that they're getting. And granted, Carlos, you know, is currently 28, be 29 next year. Mm-hmm. And then you add 13 to that, and then you've got 42 years. But at the same time, I think we've talked about on this podcast, you know, the universal DH is out there. So if you can maximize a guy playing a position for five years, well, shoot, now you're talking six and a half years to get halfway right. through this contract, which is amazing. Then you say, okay. You know, we can move him into that DH spot, or even a Carlos Absolutely. Correa can move to third base. But I think I I do believe you know I that Brandon Crawford, who's been the shortstop at the San Francisco Giants forever, it feels like he's got himself three World Series championships. You know, does he move to second base? Does he move to third base? Does Carlos play third base for a year and then move to shortstop? You know, I think that's what's going to be interesting to see. But at the same time, you know, they haven't had that that perennial 20 home run guy in their lineup. Right. Carlos is going to provide that. And I think that I think in that division, it's going to be extremely interesting to see him go through LA a couple of times a year and <laughs> play against the Dodgers consistently. That's the best part. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, they're going to have to build around him. And that's where I think that what crazy as it sounds, that 27 million is a big number. But the way the markets continue to move, what is right. that? What is that twenty-seven million going to look like in in four or five years? You may be able to have enough revenue to build around him and start giving him some product to go out there and maybe compete in the National League West. But it's a big start yeah. and it's a big star that is moving to San Francisco. And Carlos Correa is going to be that guy that uh, is going to garner a lot of attention in San Francisco. Yeah, the best part about this deal is he gets to play the Dodgers a whole bunch <laughs> every year. It's yeah. the best. I mean, it's uh, somebody on – I was reading the Athletic Pulse this morning, their m- morning newsletter, and they were like, and they were like, that's, a, that's quite a flex. 
from San Francisco yeah. because not only did they get uh, their permanent shortstop, but they also got a guy that's going to drive the Dodgers bonkers every year. Yeah, that uh, rivalry is already built in, and then you it add is. That, that. I mean, that is going to really spice things. Oh, up. it's going to be awesome. But I just I, I agree with you in terms of the dollar amount. Like the dollar amount is right on the money. Yeah, I, I mean, feel okay the with only it. yeah. The only guy this year that really got outrageous money was Justin Verlander. I mean, he got forty million a year, a um, little over forty million a year. Everybody else who got deals, they're all in that twenty to twenty-seven, twenty-eight million dollar a year range. And again, by normal standards, that's absolutely freaking crazy. Yeah. But by baseball standards, that's really about right. And again, like you said. In four or five years, twenty-seven million is probably not. I mean, somebody's going to get half a billion dollars here in the next couple of years <laughs> on a contract. I mean, it's coming. It's definitely I coming. Um, I did think it was interesting that his uh, AAV is slightly higher than uh, Lindor, which you know was Weird how Carlos, that works out, right? You know, he wanted. To, you know, it was that too. Like he was like, just "All right, little, here's yeah. how much he's getting. Let me just get a little bit more. Like it's about a yeah. dollar a year. You know, that kind of thing." But. Yeah, the years are just crazy to me. And, of course, the Astros aren't doing those deals. And we've talked about it. I just cannot see any good reason. I mean, if if Carlos no. Correa was 22 years old and you signed him <laughs> for 11 years, you know, for 13 years, okay. Like the, the Seattle yeah. doing their deal with uh, Rodriguez, yes. you know, for like 14 years. He's 21 or 22 years old. Yep. That I totally understand, right? You lock this guy up. Plus, he has some opt-outs along the way. But 13 years for a guy that's going to be 29, uh, I just that's none of those deals ever work out well, you know. No, they always do, and you know you're catching Carlos Correa at maybe his peak, even though he's yeah. played as well as he has for as long as he has. You still have that window that usually 27 to 32, where everybody's yeah. you know performing at the peak. So they bought up those years, which I get. But isn't it? A, it's it's an it's an incredible luxury, and it's interesting to sit on this side of it on the you know on the Astro bubble and sit on the inside of the Astro bubble. Realize what they've been able to accomplish, not just in the last six six years, but what they've been able to develop, what they've been able to draft, what they've been able to let go, and still be competitive and sit here. Look outside, see the money flying like crazy, the years on yeah. these contracts getting bigger and bigger, and yet the Astros are kind of sitting there going, wow, good good for them. They got, they got the money, they got the contracts. Good, good for Steve Cohen, good for the Giants picking up a superstar. We're just going to sit here, kind of chill out for a little bit, <coughs> and watch you guys do your thing. And oh, by the way, the Las Vegas came out with the odds and said we're still the favorite to win the World Series. That's yep. what's amazing to me. And well, I think it's really you know cost-effective. Whatever you want to yes. throw into it, the Astros are sitting in a pretty good spot. You're 100% on it, Blummer. Exactly what I was thinking is like, this is a the sign of an organ. Look, everyone else is scratching and clawing to get what the Astros have, right? I mean, that's yes. what they're doing. They're out there working their tails off to do it. And they're having to do it. Like the Mets is a good example. Um, yeah. This is an artificial team build. Right. This is the they are piecing together a team with money. The Astros have not done that. You know, they haven't signed a ton of free agents over the years here and there. They've had a they couple made, of key pieces when they needed them. But right. man, like the, like the Abreu, three years. Right. Exactly. You know, they signed a few guys here and there. They made trades for guys here and there. But for the most part, this is an organization that grows its own, you know, mm -hmm. um, and uh, 
So it's got to be the envy of everybody, even if their farm system isn't ranked, ra- you know, rated very highly. Yeah, it's remarkable just yeah. what they're doing. Well, just one more thing on the on the minor yeah. leagues for the Astros. They don't have the depth, and I think that's what a lot of the, you know. I'd have to dig a little bit more and talk to some of the people who rank these minor league systems, and I think it has to do with consistency of depth, how many guys you yeah. have on the top one hundred prospect list. But the guys that the Astros do have on that prospect list aren't, you know, how do you explain it? They don't have the depth, but they have the guys that that will impact maybe a little bit quicker than some of these other organizations that have, you know, the phenomenal A-ball team or the phenomenal high A team or double A. The Astros have guys that are impact worthy on that prospect list now. And I think that's what makes them, you know, allows them to maybe compensate for not being one of the best minor league organizations is that they do have a handful of guys that can have an impact sooner than some of these other organizations. That's a really good point, Blummer. Um, I do think that the only issue that it brings up for the Astros is it does hamstring them a little bit when it comes to trying to make trades because the, the <laughs> yeah. that lack of depth, you know, one of the, one of the reported deals we saw out there, Sean Murphy goes to the, goes to Atlanta. Um, and frankly, not a, I mean, the A's really didn't get a whole lot back. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with, I mean, what are the Oakland A's doing? I mean, they're just, but they didn't get much back. But then you look out there, the recent rumors with the Astros, I'm glad you brought up the minor leagues because this was on my list. Yep. They're rumored, there's rumors swirling around Dalton Varsho, who, I mean, look, the Astros are looking for a catcher, a center fielder, and a lefty bat. Well, there he is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's the guy. I mean, he does all of those things. Um, but the report is they're looking for two to three top line prospects plus a frontline starting pitcher. I mean, you're talking about probably having to give up Pedro Leon, uh, one of the catchers, Corey Lee or Yenner Diaz, probably a minor league pitching prospect, plus probably somebody like Christian Javier. I mean, you're talking about or Hunter Brown, right? I ain't trading him. Exactly. I don't think I'm trading. I mean, now if they, now I might be willing to go as far as Luis Garcia. um, If you're talking about a starting pitcher, but or Jose Urquidy perhaps, um, yeah. but I don't want to give up any pitching, especially with with moving Verlander. Um, I yeah. just I just think the price might be too much for them. And good for the Diamondbacks for asking for that. You know that Brent Strom's right. over there, and he's just looking at this oh, organization yeah. who he he is so familiar with, and just going that guy, this guy, that. that guy. You know, <laughs> just saying. But you know. Catching catching is such a commodity these days that it is you know Varsho presents the all in one package. He has experience catching behind the plate, so he provide either that second or third catcher. I think he'd be more that third catcher because he'd be so playing too. so much outfield. But uh, but he's got I think three or four years of control as far as yeah, arbitration right. before he gets to free agency. That's part that's of right. the issue too. His value is incredibly high. He'd be a he'd be a great fit because he's hyper athletic. He puts together great at bats, sneaky pop, uh, and the left handed bat, which we always talk about. Dusty being able to separate some of those right handed hitters in that lineup. But yeah, you know that that's the hard problem. That's where I, you know we don't know who's who's GMing or quarterbacking all of these uh, yeah. conversations and talks. But it, once you get off the phone and you hang it up and you sit back. And you go, what is our organization, what does my rotation look like without an Urquidy? 
without a Luis Garcia, uh, can we go out there and find somebody in a free agent market after this season behind home plate, you know, after we get through this season with Maldonado? Uh, I think that's where a lot of these questions lie. And is that value worth it? And it's another one of the, I feel like it's another one of those situations again, like we just talked about, where the Astros can kind of sit back and evaluate the situation <laughs> and not make a panicked move. Yeah, I think that's the biggest situation right here is not to panic because you don't have to. You're fine Correct. with Chaz McCormick out there. You're fine with Martin Maldonado. You're fine with a lot of these pieces. It's a it's a luxury. Uh, choice to go out there and find a guy like Varsho. Are you willing to do it and uh, take it on the chin as far as that uh, trade is concerned? Yeah, I think yeah, that's the biggest thing for the Astros. They do, they do have time. Time is definitely on their side. Yeah. You know, they can watch all these other teams spend all this money and and go past them. They went and got the one guy that they really wanted, and they got him immediately. Got yep, you're right. He was early the target on. And they got him, and they got him. Let's be honest. They got him before anybody set the market. Yep. I mean. It's it's don't it shouldn't go unnoticed that the Astros went out and got Jose Abreu before any of these big deals were signed. They're like, uh, 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 let's do this, yep. you know. Um, so you know, kudos to them. I mean, they still want a lefty. They can't get uh, Dalton Varsho. They Andrew Benintendi is still out there. Uh, Michael Conforto is still out there, and then of course mm-hmm. Michael Brantley. Um, who I think I think Brantley's coming back. I mean, I, I think it's almost a foregone conclusion at this point. He's just not healthy yet. And so they can't yeah. really evaluate him and they can't decide, you know, how do you give him money if you don't know? Right? Well, yeah, dude. And <laughs> I almost interrupted you earlier than I just I did because I know where you're going. I know exactly I, where you're going. Man, I'm such a Michael Brantley fan. I'm like, <laughs> Me dude. Too. I'm like, I don't just just call him up and say, hey, we 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 know, we have an idea where you are physically, and and health wise, and this kind of goes back to the previous point with Varsho. You're not panicked. You don't have to go get a guy. You can wait until May, June, July, <laughs> July for Michael Brantley, and you can say, "Hey, man, uh, when you're ready, just go. Ahead. Here's the paper. Just sign it and send it to us, and tell us when you're going to be ready." And I think that that would be a lot of fun to be able to do because selfishly, this guy, Michael Brantley, provides that left-handed bat. He'll be able to split time out there in left field between Chaz, Jordan, whoever else you want out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he, Chaz can go to center field or he can go to right field, move Tucker to center. There's so many options with Michael Brantley there. That's yeah. just on the field. What he provided off the field speaks volumes to him as a human and what he means to this ball club in that clubhouse. And the conversations I've had with him. The jokes he tells, the knowledge of the game, I'm I'm sold on Michael Brantley. I would be more than willing to sit back, pump the brakes, and enjoy having Urquidy, Garcia, Javier, all these guys in my rotation, then all of a sudden wake up one day in the middle of the June or July and go, Michael Brantley's back, and we have Christmas in July. <laughs> I'm with you. Plumber, you're, it's funny. Like I, I've said this before. That was like reading my mind. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, listen. <laughs> it's, it's almost too easy. Yeah. Michael Brantley... The thing about Brantley that is so valuable to the Astros, besides his leadership, which is obviously huge, and is you can move him all around the lineup, right? Yeah. And he's he's fine. He's not he he's not gonna hit a ton of home runs, but he makes contact all the time. He walks a lot. He doesn't strike out. I mean, this guy is a consistently hits in the two eighties every single year. And that's with the shift. This guy is a oh, shift right. beater. We've watched him manipulate the baseball yep. to get base hits with runners in scoring position. 
take the home run numbers out of it. And who knows? Yeah. Who knows? He, if he's healthy, I think some of those power numbers actually come back a little bit. Maybe not to the 20 plateau, but he'll give you 12 to 15 in a full yep. season. But without that shift being employed and seeing – and he sees the field so well at the plate that seeing that that shift is not being employed, there's going to yeah. be so many more holes for him to attack when he's up at the plate that I think that, man – uh, yeah, I, I would love to be on his PR staff because I love this guy. <laughs> <You're> like, <"Uncle laughs> if it's not Mike, apparent enough, Uncle Mike, <laughs> yeah, Uncle exactly, Mike. dude. <laughs> Start chanting for oh. him. I'm I'm sold. You sold me, Blummer. Where's the, let me uh, get the contract out? Let's say, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, tell, speaking... tell Jim I'll GM this one. I'll, I'll take credit for this signing. <laughs> You'd be like, come on, man. <laughs> um, so Christian Vasquez signed with the Twins. We knew that he was going to be out there looking for a starting spot. Yeah. Here's the here's the question, and and I think this is one. That, that we've talked about a little bit, but we haven't really we haven't really dug into it too much. And that is, the Astros have been pretty aggressively looking at catchers, right? Mm-hmm. So that tells me that they're not they they are not comfortable with playing either Corey Lee or Yanner Yaniel. Pronounce that for me. I always have Yiner. trouble. Yiner, thank you. Yeah, yep. like Shiner. Okay, I got that. There, um, I like it. <laughs> easy. Yiner Diaz. They obviously are not comfortable with them defensively. I think they they're comfortable with their bats, yes. but defensively, I don't yes. think they're. And like we've talked about, the calling of the game, the dealing with the rule changes, the sort of split second decisions that are going to yeah. have to be made. Um, is are, are we seeing a a change in like Martin Maldonado is great. He is a absolute black hole in the lineup. We all know this. It's it's fine. He'll get some home runs on occasion because he's still got power. Mm-hmm. But it does seem a little surprising to me that the Astros have been so aggressive, um, at least reportedly, looking at catchers when they do have two guys that are essentially ready for the big leagues. Mm-hmm. No, you're right, and I, you know, it. Uh, well, at first it sounded like when they were talking on the talks on Wilson Contreras, that was more of an offensive upgrade because agreed. I'm not sure. Christian Vasquez might have been the only guy that might have been an up, not an upgrade, but a parallel, you know, a, a lateral move defensively, which is a good thing, because yeah. Martin set the bar so high with his ability to navigate not just the psychology of working with every single pitcher, but also the psychology of working within a game, calling a game, staying a step ahead. And I really feel like, like you just said, it's gonna that's gonna be even more enhanced once you add the pitch clock to it, because then you're gonna have to speed up that train of thought. And he's going to have to be able to relay those signs quickly. So that's one thing. But defensively, Martin brings so much. And I think that's where you might find the idea of going to get a catcher. And it's for the future, too. You know, No offense to Corey Lee or Yiner Diaz, because I agree with you. Offensively, these guys are going to provide some offense in their future in the big leagues. They're going to play in the big leagues. It's just a matter of when and where. And those are two guys that were hampered by the COVID season, not getting another full season of reps. So they're yeah. kind of they're kind of playing a year behind, trying to catch up. But I also like the idea of having them near a guy like Martin Maldonado, because once you start to watch yeah. him and absorb the information, Martin's a great teacher. He loves being around these guys and and uh, you know giving them information and helping them along the way. So that. There's, there's a little cost benefit to having them struggle at the big league level that they're around Martin Maldonado. Mm-hmm. But you're right. When you do see te- a team like the Astros, knowing that they have two <laughs> prospects behind the plate, 
looking for catchers maybe after Maldonado, it does kind of make you wonder how did how do they feel about the Corey Lees and the Yiner Diaz's? Yeah, it's very odd. I will ask you this: a totally weird question, but why are there no left-handed catching catchers? Like, have you ever uh, I noticed? I think it's that throw to third base. To be honest with you, mm. is that you what know, it that is? Pick, that pickoff would just be man, pardon me, but ass backwards. <laughs> you know, because I think with the right-handed catcher, it's just a catch and a quick turn. It's like turning the double play at second base. It's just a natural I guess also throw if to you're, third base. Yeah, it's it just it's always seemed funny to me that, you know, there's nobody. Like, I and can't a, think of it. the tag play at home plate, too, might be another thing. Oh, yeah, good call. So I guess if you're going to be a catcher, um, go ahead and bat left, but to hell with catching left. So stick yeah. with catching well, shoot, right. If especially. you catch and switch hit or hit left-handed, hell yeah, you got a future. You better make sure you're amphibious. Oh, wait, no, that's not right. Yeah, no, I was Am- amphibious when I played. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> so last thing, the Houston Sports Awards are coming up. I don't know if Hey-o. you've ever been or if you're... Ex- if, I have. You... It's an amazing event. What an yeah, event. Yeah, I've never been. I, I definitely want to oh go. Um, the Houston Alex... Sports Authority goes all out. It is a red carpet, Oscar-worthy type event. It's awesome. Well, Alex Bregman is hosting this year. That should be entertaining. There's going to be some jazz ask in there. You about th- I was going to ask you, tell me what you think about Alex Bregman hosting this. He seems like a, the, an ideal guy for something like this. Yes. he. Well, it's funny. When we do interviews with him, he's very measured and mm-hmm. diplomatic in his answers. Always complimentary. Never takes a lot of the credit. So it's. But I also know that hanging around the, the batting cage off camera, mm-hmm. seeing that personality tells me that he's going to do a phenomenal job because he's got that dry wit about him. Yeah, right. And you and I both know that he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. So Uh, I would imagine there's going to be some nice digs in there. Maybe not in the community (laughs) that's watching on on the floor, but maybe some of those sound bites might make their way into the Ethernet. I'm saying. I can see that. uh, The thing that gets me about him is he is a master of the side eye. Like that yes. guy really has it down. Like he's al- almost as good as the James Harden side eye. Not quite, yes. but it's in that it's in that league That's for exactly sure. It, yeah. He's got that thing, and so I think he's going to be great. And by the way, um, <laughs> the Houston Sports Awards may as well be called the Houston Astros Awards because Dude, it did you is see the just, nominees? Oh I mean. <laughs> The whole, I said, you know, uh, uh, Chandler Rome tweeted out uh, a list of everything and said, this tells you everything you need to know about Houston sports right now. And basically every nomination was, it was one of three things. And this is what's so weird to me. It was Houston Astros baseball, University of Houston men's basketball, which is men's basketball. A, makes total sense. And University of Houston women's volleyball. Those were literally <laughs> the full-on awards. I'm like, listen, Texans, Rockets, uh, y'all might need to start thinking. I mean, at least with the Rockets, you know that they're building towards something. Yeah. But yes, I agree. You I can, think the you only can thing see that's... that working its way into something beautiful. The football team? Yeah. The Texans, the only thing they're working themselves toward is the first pick in the draft, which hopefully will be that... <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just, I, it's crazy though to think about like when I saw that list of awards. I, I mean, the I mean, look, the Astros deserve it. Obviously, yes. this is the this is as you've said last time. This has become a baseball city, um, crazy, and yeah. deservedly so, deservedly so. And everywhere, I you know, some blummer. A quick aside, I think 
not only have the Astros changed this as a baseball city, I think personally the building of Minute Maid Park and the <clears throat> and the Astros' subsequent success has literally changed uh, foundationally how the city behaves, operates, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, I was actually involved in the in the to the uh, campaign for uh, getting the Toyota Center approved, oh, wow. which went through two referendums. Actually, the first one failed, the second one succeeded, and I was I was deeply involved in that in that second one. And the thing that changed everyone's opinion of building an arena was that was the year Minute Maid opened. Oh, and wow. I can tell you right now, I used to, when I was a musician, when back in the day when I was pull, playing full time, we used to rehearse in the warehouse district. And the only thing down there were basically homeless people. You know, there's nothing down there. And mm. uh, when they built Minute Maid Park, it legitimately changed the landscape of downtown Houston. And yeah. then, you know, soon after that, you roll out the light rail and then it's the Toyota Center. And it really completely altered uh, downtown Houston. And of course, uh, there's a group called the Downtown District run by a guy named Bob Yuri, or he did. Um, they've been responsible for doing all these things. And Minute Maid Park was the beginning of that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's not just that baseball in Houston has changed, you know, sports, the landscape. I, I genuinely think it has also changed the physical landscape of the city of Houston, particularly in and around the urban core. So, I mean, it's hard to say that a baseball team can make that big of a change, right? They can change literally yeah. how people see your city. But I think the Astros may have done that. Well, you add what you just said to, to the, let's go back to the, the, World Series Parade. Oh, to, yeah. You know, this is something that Ryan Stanek brought up yesterday when I talked to him. You know, there there's connections to teams, and then there's what the Houston community means to the Houston Astros and what the Houston Astros mean to the community. And I don't think that you can – it would be tough for you to tell me that there's another another fan base that's as, as connected as the Astros fans to the Astros. <clears throat> it is so much fun to watch these people – show up, gravitate, fight, battle, uh, pray, love, enjoy as much as th this group <laughs> of fans and team do together. And maybe it's a credit to, you know, the, the ballpark, the way it's set up and being where it's at, establishing that foundation and then putting a team inside that facility that just embraces those fans every time they come through the gates. It's, it's one of the more amazing things I think I've seen in all of my sports career. Well, and also, it obviously, look, Houston has never been a city that, you know, people are, it's not, you know, it's not beautiful, you know, in the traditional sense. It's not like on the Pacific Ocean. It's not like, you know, it's, oh, man, it's, a, it's kind of a mutt of a city. I mean, it was built basically on the backs of a couple of swindlers who convinced everybody that it looked like, if you ever look at old photos, like they had these magazine ads of what the Allen brothers were selling to people. The illustrations of Houston looked like the Rhine River Valley in Germany. I mean, they were literally huckstering people into coming down and living in a swamp, right? So, yep. and once they got down here, they couldn't leave because they didn't have any money. So, it, it really, Houston has always been kind of a mutt of a city. And so, what this really, to me, what the Astros have done is they've reinstilled not just a sense of pride in the city, which I think the Houstonians have already, but they instilled a sense of us against the world. 
yep. which I think is is really a big deal when you're when you're trying to forge an identity for a city. That kid that was on the camera when they were like, "What do you say to the people who said the Astros don't deserve them?" He was like, "F y'all!" <laughs> like that is so one hundred percent Houston and so perfect for the way that we that Houstonians have done it when for decades prior, and I know because I grew up here, yeah. people apologized for Houston, right? They apologized. They'd like, I'm from Houston. I know. Like, that was the thing where when people oh, would man. visit, they'd be like, I'm sorry, it's not a great city. Not my daughters. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, my daughters back were in like, the, I'm a Houstonian. I mean, they right. sold out. It's great. Back in the 70s and 80s, it was not like that. And now yeah. it's completely 180. And I don't want to give all the credit to the Astros, but let's give... To give them their due, man. But it's kind of, it, but it's exposed what you've grown up in. Right. You know what I mean? And and one of the things I just kind of popped in my head, I may have to hashtag it or trademark it or whatever. Do it. But the simplicity of Houston is that comment that the guy, guy made, if you ain't with us, you're against us and we're okay with that. But the survive and thrive idea of it, you know, nice. it's not the, per, it's not paradise. It's not immaculate. It's, 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 it's hard. It's a, it's ours. And we're yeah. going to make it work. And that's what I love about Houston is that just survive and thrive kind of mentality that they have down here. It's beautiful. And the team definitely fits that. You need to go Pat Riley and trademark <clears throat> that immediately like I he know. did with 3 Pete. Get on yep. that. Get on that Blummer. Get on with the U.S. Patent Office and be like, uh, <laughs> You heard it here need- first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Exactly. All right, everybody. Thanks so much, Blummer. Any final thoughts before we go? I'm, I'm heading off to New York tomorrow. Dude, yeah, you're gonna. I mean, the cold weather came down here, but you're gonna get up there in uh, New York into uh, enemy territory. I know you're gonna be well represented because you already have the hat. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, nothing but you know safe travels to you, and uh, I just look forward to what this off season is bringing and how I I still can't believe how quickly this off season is moving. I feel like we're 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 Christmas, New Year's, and all of a sudden you and I are gonna be going. Pitchers and catchers are reporting. Woohoo! You know stuff like that. Spring training. Is around the corner. Yeah, it's just it's it's you're crazy. Almost, you're almost under a hundred days till spring training. Yes, no, that's a hundred percent correct. Well, Jeez. actually, actually, if I'm not mistaken, we're right at a hundred days, just about a hundred days before <laughs> opening day. Never well, mind pitchers and catchers. Like, never mind spring training. I saw somebody post that yesterday. It was like, I mean, opening okay. day. Holy crap! Yeah, I'm headed that's to the belly of the right beast. There. I will be decked in Astros gear, and I will. I and they will be hating every minute of it, and I'll be just like, mm, <laughs> delicious. I'll be in yes. Brooklyn. I'm gonna head. I'm a. I just want to go get a picture of me in front of Yankee Stadium, like wearing full Astros gear. Just oh, like, believe it. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, you'll be the envy of all Astro fans. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us today, everybody. We'll be back next week uh, with some fresh pods pre Christmas. We might have a might have a special Christmas jingle. Next week, what? Uh, kind of the way we did for Thanksgiving. It's possible. I'm just giving a little That's tease awesome. on that one. Um, brought to you by Bet Online. So thanks to them as well. Obviously, thanks to everybody around the world who's been watching. You've been obviously kicking butt, liking, and subscribing. Yeah, Our YouTube you. channel is kind of blowing up a little bit, which I love. And uh, and obviously, people, lots of people are listening right now, and it's it's fantastic, and we love it. Keep leaving the comments. I read them all. Um, and uh, I love seeing the the involvement and everybody getting after it. The hot stove season just keeps on rolling. Uh, and so, uh, all right, we will talk to you guys next week. As always, go Astros.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.